Hello to all of our listeners and welcome to the ninth episode of the Property Insights podcast by Select Property Group. I'm Amber Fur, and today I'm joined by Samuel Fitzhugh, co-founder and director of Select Property Group's exclusive rental management partner, Setio Property Experience. Thank you so much for joining me today, Sam. Thanks so much, Amber. Looking forward to uh, speaking with you today. So as Sam is so close to the tenant experience, today's podcast is going to focus on rental trends from 2021, Manchester's rental market, and Sam's top predictions for 2022 and the future of residential property. So Sam, to start us off, would you mind just giving us a brief overview of Setio and the service that you provide? Absolutely. So Setio's what I would describe as a, a younger, innovative lettings management business. And um, we steer away from the traditional models in the UK and we try to innovate more in our market. We specialize in new build city center management for investors based anywhere in the world, but primarily remote clients. So most of our clients aren't hands on. They're not necessarily in the same country as their property and they need a partner that they can fully trust and um, give up responsibility of their property to and trust in us to take uh, full comprehensive care of their investments. Okay, perfect. So since the start of your career, you must have seen significant change in the UK's rental market. So how many years has has Setio been around now? So we've been around for uh, just over four years now in Manchester. Okay, so you must have seen quite a lot of change in that time. And across the past two years, you know, throughout COVID in particular, behavioural shifts across all aspects of society have really driven changes in the rental market, haven't they? Absolutely. Yeah, we've seen a lot of that. So what would you say have been the key rental trends this year? And which of those do you think are here to stay? Yeah, really interesting question. I mean, the last two years have been very, very different and challenging, I think, for the industry as a a whole. And we've learned a lot from that. I think in terms of um, sort of trends right now and things that are key to keep an eye on for both investors, us as a business and sort of tenants um, looking to move and where their major uh, demand and expectation comes from would be um, flexibility. So whether that be sort of work from home, you know, within the developments, people want flexibility of space. They don't just want to be trapped in their apartment. They want outside space. They want potentially some work areas, communal spaces, balconies and roof terraces, green space, you know, all that comes into um, into that sort of package, I would say, as well as just flexibility in their lifestyle. You know, we've seen a trend in people not wanting to necessarily commit for as long-term contracts. People are being able, to, being allowed to work from home and remotely, and that's changing the way that people live. So also changes sort of the accommodation that they require and how we can meet those, those needs. The other key trend I would, um, and we touched sort, sort of on it there, is facilities. People not being able to go to the gym, not being able to go to um, libraries and offices means that the development facilities, they're being more picky about and they're really wanting value for money. People are in a price sensitive market. They don't mind paying more for for more, um, but they are on the lookout for the best value for money. And they want to have all those um, flat facilities and flexibility that they desire in their own home and not being restricted on having that. Absolutely. And a third of millennials now are expected to rent their entire lives. So like you say, tenants really are just willing to pay a premium for their desired living experience that they perhaps wouldn't be able to afford if they were looking to buy. So this is in the best interest then of the build to rent developers and investors that really cater to those change in demands that you're talking about, um, as they enable them to achieve the strongest demand and rental yields. 
How is the build to rent market catering to those changing demands and how can developers future-proof their new buildings? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think the the market is is starting to cater for those demands. You know, a lot of the new buildings where we focus, especially in, in Manchester city centre, they are bringing these facilities to the front. They are looking to uh, think about how tenants want to live, what their habits and uh, and include those in the buildings, which is great. I think one key area in terms of future proofing would be for me more of a focus on on outside space and uh, usable um, balconies and, and terraces, things like that in the developments, because especially with, with lockdowns, obviously, just in general in the city centres, there is limited green space. And I think people are more focused on that without being able to travel around as much as well. That's become more of a, um, uh, a key factor for people. And the other um, thing that I would suggest focusing on for them is community. A lot of build to rent providers, as well as normal buildings, they do promote this idea of community and they want to provide um, a great place for people to live. But as you said there, in terms of most millennials being expected to rent for, for a very long period, the communities in the buildings are really key for that. And to maintain a good um, occupation level and retain tenants for as long as possible, those communities will need to grow in terms of sort of maturity. Um, and there is scope there, I think, for buildings to cater to specific types of people and uh, and hone in on that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think even sort of long after lockdowns um, or even a prospect, I mean, hopefully they're not going to be again now, but we never know, do we? I think COVID has sort of increased the importance of that for everybody long term. You know, even if lockdowns, like I say, won't return, people really have started to see the value of closeness with nature and, and looking after mental well-being. So as Generation Z start to take up more of that rental market, priorities are expected to change even more. So this is a generation known for taking a greater interest in mental well-being, moving towards a greener way of living, and also they're known as digital natives as well. So JLL recently reported that renters are willing to pay more for a good or outstanding green rating. So that's the first time that, you know, tenants are willing to pay a little bit more for sort of the greater sustainability or a greener way of living. So do you expect topics like sustainability to play more of an active role in the decisions of renters in the future? I think the answer to that is yes. I'm interested to see sort of how, sort of to what level tenants do prioritise that, because inevitably their main priorities, I expect, will remain being central in terms of location uh, and the property itself in terms of where they'll be living. But people are definitely taking more of an interest in it. Legislation as well is starting to dictate more in terms of energy performance ratings and sustainability ratings for buildings. So as that becomes more public knowledge and there's more awareness of it, they will inevitably hone in on that a bit more. Tenants are definitely taking more of an interest and they are asking about green space, outdoor space, where's the recycling? Like, you know, our team, our team on the ground, they do get those questions and they are interested in it. So I think that will grow. Um, I think it'll be a case of just watching how that demand comes in on the ground in terms of people literally speaking to our team in the office and what their requirements are, being able to relay that to the industry as a whole. But I do expect it to start to form a bigger part. And I think developers should definitely be looking at growing their basics in terms of facilities for recycling, communal space, green areas, and investing in those community events that prioritise wellness and, uh, and uh, an escape from the sort of busy tech-driven life. That said, though, obviously, as you said, Generation Z being, being the online generation, we need to also make sure that connectivity through the buildings is just an inevitable part of the future. Absolutely. And of course, you know, as you said, there is this sort of pressure on developers to, to develop sustainably. 
Um, but that is something that build to rent as a sector does lend itself to, you know, even things like double glazing and having the most effective energy solutions, all of that. And even the sort of towers and skyscrapers, they're very efficient in how they house people rather than sort of taking up more green space. So this definitely is the future of build to rent um, rather than a trend as we move towards a greener way of life. You know, over 25 years ago, we might have asked who's going to pay for double glazed windows. And then, of course, over the life cycle of that asset, it pays for itself. So, yeah, I think you're right. We are going to see a lot more of that. So Assetio is a Manchester based company. Can you talk to us a bit more about Manchester's rental market? So demand has, of course, been at an all time high this year. You must have been incredibly busy. You know, what sort of trends have you seen within Manchester itself? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when it comes to our business, it, it, you're right, it's been incredibly busy. This year for us, I mean, we, we've grown our team by 50% and we've had a big, big office move in the city centre as well. So really exciting year for us. A few sort of key highlights. We've done a couple of big developments this year, most recently between August and September, renting around 200 properties in, uh, in Embankment West, one of the, the select group affinity living buildings, um, which went very smoothly. And the demand was, was exceptional. And, you know, it did surprise me, actually. We're a reasonably conservative business when we look at estimations on how things are going to go and, and the COVID year having hopefully been uh, been finished with. And um, those results were, were really impressive. Rents have um, definitely increased as, as a result of that as well. The demand and supply balance is, uh, is back where we want it to be as, as investors. And um, the, uh, the renewals that we've seen coming through our business as well from rents that were secured either during COVID or just before that have been, uh, been really exceptional. So We've seen some some really positive um, sort of five to ten percent renewal increases at renewal quite consistently in some of our buildings, as well as some actually a little bit more than that, um, which is really exceptional. The uh, you know the last month in November this year saw really good renewal rates across the industry, so outside of Setia as well. Um, I think some uh, reports in in Manchester were sort of looking up seventeen percent in some cases. I do think that's a direct response to to the COVID bounce back. But in, in general, Manchester's doing exceptionally well. I think, I think the city has benefited um, in some ways in the long term from the recent global events in that there's been a lot more need for tenants to uh, look at these buildings with more facilities, more flexibility. There's been a lot more flexibility in, its, in itself in terms of tenants being able to move, not needing to be near their offices. And the percentage of people we have moving up here from London is growing constantly as well. So that uh, those general forces that we've seen coming into the market have overall, I think, benefited the city of Manchester and its, uh, and its growing population. Absolutely. And it's a really interesting point that you mentioned that the pandemic itself and remote working enabled many people to actually move because, of course, that that need to maintain within a commutable distance to the office or the workplace was no longer there. But also the total opposite to that is that we've also seen an urbanisation trend this year because tenants are returning to the office, because there is a need again for, for many people for at least part of their working week to maintain that commutable distance. And that's why we're seeing a return to city living in these cities, you know, Manchester, Birmingham, Liverpool, Leeds, Bristol are all performing exceptionally well. And we've also seen across our developments that Londoners are choosing these cities such as Manchester instead of London. And I think that will, that's a trend that will only increase as we get closer to the implementation of HS2, which will, of course, cut the commute time between the capital and these regional cities. OK, so moving on to our final question, 
You touched on Setio's unique approach to rental management. What's the true value of that one-touch approach to investors or landlords and indeed tenants? Yeah, thank you. I mean, the the landlords, any investor, wherever they're based, you know, they're trusting a, an agency of some kind to manage their property for them in some capacity. Um, and for most people, it's the biggest or one of the biggest assets they will own. Um, so it's really important they get that right. I had a few gripes with the industry and the traditional approach, the, the firm I used to work at in London. Me and my business partner, Chris, put together what we think is a, is a great offering. And, and it, four years ago, when we started, our all-inclusive approach to the industry was, was pretty much unique. And I wasn't aware of anyone else doing it. Um, and we've seen a, a couple of, of copycats recently, which is, which is great, really, um, really reassuring for us. <laughs> and, um, you know, um, uh, imitation is the the greatest flattery, right? And, Absolutely. Um, yeah, that's been, uh, it's been a great, great to see, really. Hopefully, we still do it the best. But um, we, um, yeah, in, in, to answer your question, what we try to do is we line up our motivation as a business with our clients. So the traditional model of agency um, means that they generally charge a percentage of uh, revenue for the property, so a percentage of rent monthly to manage the flat. And then there are numerous other charges for finding tenants, check-ins, check-outs, safety certification, maybe evaluation, referencing, admin work, a huge variety of things. And it varies from, industry, from agent to agent, which makes it very difficult for an investor, perhaps based on the other side of the world, to really compare and understand what's going on and get that transparency. So we've changed things around. We provide everything for one all-inclusive fee. The client can't possibly experience any additional amount for anything that we do for them, um, which makes it much more streamlined. They can really calculate from day one of their investment what their costs will be. Um, and they also know that we are covering those costs. So for example, if your tenant leaves, obviously there's costs associated with that. Somebody has to clean the flat. Someone has to do a checkout and an inventory report, um, re-advertise, pay for the team that does that and, uh, and all of the work involved. And we don't pass that on to our client. So what that means is that we as a business are motivated heavily to ensure that we secure the best quality people, we get the properties, properties occupied as quickly as we can, and really secure long-term tenants and work as hard as we can to keep those tenants in place. When they leave, um, we don't make another lettings fee as a normal agent. Um, we have costs. So our whole model and approach and the training that we put our team through and the qualifications we pay um, for them to complete and the, uh, the work we do internally is all focused on getting that client the best possible result, longest possible, highest yield that we can. So we're built around being a transparent, all-inclusive business and, and really to produce the best value for money for those investors. And um, as we do with, with Select Property Group and some other um, partners in the industry, we like to try and stand behind you as, as developers, as, as salespeople, to take care of your client from the point of that property completing and really extend the offering, uh, you know, the exceptional offering that you guys have into the future for their, for their investment. Absolutely. Thank you, Sam. And I think from our perspective as Select Property Group, you know, I think one of the things that that sort of made our decision and, and indeed yours was the sort of shared values and the shared focus on client experience and then also tenant experience as well. And also, I actually rent with Setio and I've had a great experience as well. So, you know, it's just really nice to have that one sort of seamless interaction if there's, you know, an issue or something that you need to discuss. So Sam, thank you so much. That's been a really great conversation. Thank you so much for joining me today. 
My pleasure. Thanks for having me. And um, I'm glad you're enjoying your rental experience with us as well. (laughs) Thank you. And to all of our listeners, thank you for joining us on our latest episode. If you found the content useful, please subscribe on your platform of choice. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify. Spotify.